Good morning. Greetings in the name of Jesus this morning. It's good to be with you. I think that was the longest I was ever away from my congregation. Thank you for your prayers. I can't say I'm feeling 100%. I'm going to do my best this morning. Also, big thank you to Brother George for carrying an extra load. And uh, also, I feel sympathy for those who are still sick and struggling. Um, It's not an easy one, but uh, thankful for God's healing and blessing. Just heard, uh, just heard this morning, uh, someone I went to school with, be a minister's wife in a congregation where I grew up. She'd be uh, my next older sister, Luann's age. Um, just heard this morning she died of COVID. Um, so it is still definitely affecting families, people's lives changed. Let's continue to pray. Let's continue to uh, seek the Lord and live for Him. Enjoyed the message, or the, uh, enjoyed the service so far and the devotional, the <coughs> Sunday school discussion, the singing, even though I wasn't really able to help sing much, but certainly enjoyed the worship. And the thoughts I would like to share this morning are somewhat of a continuation or related to what we were talking about in relation to the Spirit and life in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And I would like to just open with this question, you know, would you or I like to live with a great sense of freedom and happiness in life? Of course, the answer is yes, of course. Especially as we think about human relationships now this isn't the sum total of what I'm going to, what we could say is the freedom and happiness in life, but this morning I would like to think about a familiar subject, but one that we need to hear, I think, over and over again throughout our lives because it comes so close to us in our relationship with Christ and also in our relationship with others. Turn with me to Mark chapter 11. There's two verses here that are, I think, stand out in defining our relationship with God in forgiveness and with others. So this morning I would like to think about the meaning of forgiveness. We could say the importance of forgiveness, what the Bible says about forgiveness, because we all, each of us, need forgiveness, and we all need to extend forgiveness, and we're not going to get done with that as long as we live. We're going to, in human relationships, it's just going to be required. All right, um, Mark 11, verse 25. Mark eleven twenty-five. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Two short verses, extremely powerful principle 
as it relates to forgiveness. Now, I think too often, if you're like I am, and I'm sure you are, we 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 um, can act like forgiveness is just another simple courtesy that we need to learn to extend to others, like using terms like please and thank you. You know, we ought to be able to say, I forgive you. Well, I think we should be saying that. I think it goes a lot deeper than that. Jesus said, when you when you stand to pray, I don't think it was just standing prayers, but what he was saying is, when you're coming before Almighty God in prayer, you better have a forgiving heart. When you stand stand praying, forgive. And to me, it reminds me that forgiveness is not just an, an act, a choice, and we're going to be talking about that. It is that, but it's more than that. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's part of this whole thing, of the, like in the Sunday school lesson, of, of walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit, is to have that forgiving attitude about all of life it's going to include and i thought about this early this morning when i couldn't sleep and i was meditating on this sermon but i was thinking about maybe having all of us just you know sit here and close our eyes and i was kind of thinking a little dramatic maybe but close our eyes and just to visualize and think about you know the most difficult person in your life that you can think of the person that you struggle with the very most. And think about you know, forgiveness. It's not only people. I do believe also that there is a sense in which we must have a forgiving attitude toward life. Just, just, just toward negative things that happen to us. Have you ever met someone or worked with someone or know someone that just could recount all the negative things that, you know, that ever happened to them almost? He's just like, you know, I was in this situation and this happened to me and I was, you know, and this went wrong and I missed out on this deal and you just on and on, just all the things of life that have gone wrong. And you think about if you want to live a long time, just keep a list like that. All of us have had ideals as youth. We look back and, you know, this is what I would have, you know, envisioned, envisioned for my life by the time I'm 25 or 40 or 50 or whatever. You know, just kind of where, you know, kind of the path that you would hope life would take or maybe expect life would take. And, of course, the older you get, the more you realize how many things you just have to lay aside. You know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be this way. I'm not going to retire when I'm 35. It's just not going to happen. Maybe that shouldn't even be a goal to start with. But you understand what I'm saying? There's just some things in life that are just, it's just not going to happen. And to have that forgiving attitude, as it were, you know, that toward all the, you know, the negative things that can happen. And understand and thank God for the blessings he does give to us. And so this morning, 
I like to think of forgiveness in that perspective, that it's not just, you know, these little things that we got to deal with sometimes with difficult people or whatever. Yes, that's a part of it, but it's broader than that. And I think here Jesus is, is referring to that, to that aspect when he said, when you pray, you better forgive. You better forgive. Now I'd like to think, you know, what is true forgiveness? Just some definitions. I think we have a concept of this. But forgiveness is a choice to release another person from all personal obligation to me for whatever they may have said or done. That's forgiveness. It's just to release them. You don't owe me an apology. You don't owe me anything. I forgive you. You're not, you're not uh, responsible. I don't hold you responsible for what happened. It, it, it's forgiven. True forgiveness makes no demands. And it sets no conditions. And this can be a hard one sometimes. Because it's one thing, you know, for someone to do something to us, we say, I'm, you know, and they're sorry. And we say, I, I forgive you. And we honestly mean that. But um, they cut, it comes back around in a day or two and or a week or two or a month or two and the same thing happens again. You know, and the second time it's a little harder to say, I forgive you. You know, and I think that's what, what was on Peter's mind, you know, when he was said to Jesus, well, how often shall my brother come to me and I forgive him? Till seven times? I mean, seven times in a day for him to come and do the same wrong against me and I, I forgive him? I mean, that was stretching things, right? Seven times? You know the answer Jesus gave. Seven, seven, 70 times seven. Try that. 490 times in a day. I don't know how many minutes apart that would be, but you can imagine that that would be a pretty tough situation. And what Jesus was saying is, you know, true forgiveness is, does makes no demands, and it sets no conditions. I remember as a child, or a young person maybe, adolescent maybe, you know how you get into these sibling scraps, you know what I mean, and, and then you got to forgive, and or maybe uh, your mom and dad, you know, say, okay, now it's time you make up, you got to settle this, and we're required to say sorry, and we're required to say I forgive you. But, you know, under your breath or to them, you may say, you know, you just be sure you'd never do it again. That's not just children, is it, that, that do that? As adults, we can do it, too, in our minds, in our hearts. We can set conditions. I'll forgive you this time, but you better not do it again. True forgiveness sets no conditions. It doesn't even require an apology. You say, well, they never asked to be forgiven. They never said they were sorry. True forgiveness doesn't wait for that. It doesn't wait for an apology. Jesus is the prime example of true forgiveness. There on the cross, as they were nailing him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Apostle Peter tells us that Jesus is that example to us. In suffering unjustly, 
extending that forgiveness. They were not even sorry. They were still nailing him to the cross. And he said, I forgive you. Again, true forgiveness does not require an apology. It does not require someone even being sorry for what they did. But the requirement is for us to extend that forgiveness as part of our life and service in Christ. Forgiveness is the complete surrender of my right for any kind of retaliation or revenge. We lay that down. We, we give that up, that right, we could say. It's not even a right because it's not there. And we'll look at that later. But, but forgiveness is that complete surrender of what I may feel is my right for any kind of, of retaliation or revenge. Forgiveness will also, I believe, include restoration of friendship on, a, on, on, my, on our part, on, on my part. You think about the um, the savages that murdered their, um, I can't think of his name right now, maybe somebody can help me, that airplane missionary pilot, South America, was in, was in Ecuador? Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott, right, thank you. Um, and if you read that account and how those men that, that murdered him that time Came, came to Christ, and, 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 the, and Jim Elliott's family was able to meet with them and to actually call them brothers in the Lord because they found Christ. It's quite a story. And you, you think about that. But the forgiveness, the complete surrender of my supposed right of any kind of retaliation or feelings or revenge whatsoever... Forgiveness will also include the restoration of friendship. And in Christ, there is that brotherhood that overshadows whatever may have happened in the past. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks our personal forgiveness with God. That is also clear in this passage. It says, if ye have aught against any were to give, forgive. Why? Because that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And then he makes it very clear in verse 26, but if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. God has linked his extension of forgiveness to us, to mankind, based on our willingness to forgive others. It's a very simple truth, very profound though. When you think about the the possibility of grudges and malice and what can be lodged in the human heart in unforgiveness that can be carried for years and sometimes passed from one generation to another in some family settings. This grudge that, that can be passed on, it's, it's, it's terrible. All right, what does the Bible say about forgiveness? We're going to just look at some references. It's somewhat of an overlap a little bit of what we just talked about, but to see or to hear this from the scriptures, there is the obligation to be forgiven. That involves our forgiveness. We notice here in, in this passage in Mark 11, but also in Matthew 6 and verse 12, and forgive us our debts 
as we forgive our debtors. Then also in verse 14 of Matthew 6, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Again, very clear that our forgiveness from God for what we need in our mistakes, our failures, our sin in our lives is going to be based on our extension of forgiveness. And revenge is forbidden. Romans twelve seventeen recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. And also verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In other words, as a child of God, we take no revenge. We take, there's no action. It's a non-resistant attitude, that non-resistant spirit toward whatever evil may be done toward us. No reaction in that sense. No revenge. God says, I'll take care of that. But you forgive. And then I can forgive you. I'll take care of settling the scores. But it's not your job to settle the score. Avenge not yourselves. Vengeance is mine, I will repay. We can never justify unforgiveness. Romans twelve eighteen. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. So there's that responsibility. We can never justify unforgiveness. Someone may say, well, but you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know how that person has hurt me. You don't know all this or that or the other thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's our responsibility to forgive. It's our responsibility to live peaceably with all men, with as much as lieth in us. Also, another scriptural principle is that true forgiveness will replace revenge with kindness and love. True forgiveness will replace revenge with kindness and love. So true forgiveness means that I forgive. We talked about the restoration of relationships, which is important, but also it actually replaces not just, you know, the aspect of revenge, but it, it is replaces that with kindness. Like in Romans 12:20. Therefore if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but, over, but overcome evil with good. So true forgiveness doesn't just stop and say, I'm not, I'm not going to carry out any revenge. I'm not going to have any retaliation. I'm going to forgive you. But also it turns around and calls us to do an act of kindness. To replace that with, with something that is positive and that is good. And so what it means is for the person that we are frustrated with at times, the person that we may struggle with with forgiveness in our lives, as you were thinking about that when I was talking about that earlier, that person that you struggle with, to actually not just kind of leave them alone or ignore them or sidestep them, but to actually choose to go do something kind for them, to replace that struggle and that frustration or irritation 
with something positive. If it feels like an enemy, go give him a drink. Go do something kind. Go do something nice for him. Now here's another one that comes from the book of Proverbs in relation to replacing this whole thing of revenge or retaliation with kindness and love. Proverbs 24, 17, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. I find this one a, a, a tougher one. For my own spirit at times, when I, I, it's not that I would necessarily hold, I don't think I, I hold anything against an, this person. You know, I think I have forgiven them. I don't hold anything there. But do I get some sort of secret satisfaction when something negative happens in their life? You understand what I'm saying? Rejoice not when the enemy falleth. And let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. It's like, hmm, that's interesting, you know. They kind of had that coming, didn't they? Is that Was that true forgiveness? When I actually get a little bit of, of, of joy or satisfaction out of some negative thing happening, happening in their life? That means I still was holding a little bit of revenge there, right? I was still holding a little bit of retaliation. I'm secretly glad that they had that coming. Forgiveness is a choice we must make. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. There again, it's a choice we make. It's something that we choose not to allow this kind of bitterness or anger or wrath or all these things, evil speaking, we choose not to do it. But we're going to be, we choose to be kind one to another and forgiving one another. Colossians 3, 12 to 15. It says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Again, it's just a basic scripture, but very important as it relates to interhuman interhuman relationships and forgiveness as a choice i would like to think now in closing just a few things in relation to forgiveness how do i forgive just just a practical question so how do i forgive well first of all we must always remember how much forgiveness i personally need from god we talked about this in relation to this scripture that says that if we are to forgive so that our Father in Heaven will be able to forgive us. And if we don't forgive others, our Father in Heaven will not forgive me, will not forgive us if I don't forgive others. So 
in relation to this whole struggle at times of forgiveness, if we are struggling to to forgive someone else of what they've done, it really means that we have lost or we're not comprehending, we're not understanding or remembering how much forgiveness we need from our, our Father, from God. And we're not focusing on that. We somehow feel that we have the right you know, to demand this. We have the right to feel this way. We have the right to hold this person accountable for what they did. And that immediately is, is an act of self-will. It's an act of pride. It's an act of raising ourselves up. And therefore God can't forgive us because we, we've jeopardized that relationship with him. And so one of the important things in relation to us forgiving others is that we must remember how much forgiveness we need from God ourselves. And I don't know about you this morning, but you know, when you stop and think about, and I stop and think about, you know, my sin, my sin nature, and what I have done against God, and the, and the, all the forgiveness that God has needed to, to extend to me. You know, I, when I think about that seriously, you know, there's not, a, there's not an ounce of standing that I have to feel bad towards someone else for what they did to me. But sometimes we can forget that and somehow feel justified that this person needs to be held to account. I forgive by making that choice and understanding my need for forgiveness and then making that choice. And I think usually it needs to be verbalized. Not always, but if it's toward a person, we felt bad toward a person, maybe the best thing we should do is just go to that person, you know, say, look, Maybe you didn't realize this, but I was struggling with this in my own heart against you. And I want you to know that I am forgiving you of this. I'm not saying it has to be done every time in every situation. It's not always the same. But if we're struggling with with something towards someone, I think there is a place to simply go to them and make sure that they understand that I have chosen to forgive you. I think also in relation to how we forgive because it's a choice, there are some situations where it's going to be a choice that's going to be made over and over again. As, as we deal with the struggle of, of, of our own hearts in some situations, it, it's going to be a choice that is made today, and maybe when the, if those feelings arise again tomorrow, I'm going to choose again to forgive, and it's going to be an ongoing thing sometimes. I don't always think it, in some situations it's always just once and done because of the nature of the human heart. You know, and the devil wants nothing more to get our emotions all stirred up again and our feelings stirred up again. You know, and we see that person or we talk to that person or they say something that rubs us the wrong way again. You know, and those feelings come back again. You know, they start to rise up inside of us. We choose again. We forgive. We settle it. Again, in our hearts, as God helps us with that and understanding, again, our need of his forgiveness with us. And so it is a conscious choice that we make to free them, again, of any obligation toward us. And so there's that ongoing need to forgive. Now, also, how to, how do I know when I have truly forgiven? Maybe this is a question. I'm not sure I have a 
a real good answer for it in the sense that every situation may be different somewhat and every maybe personalities are different as well. But maybe we've had this question of how do I know when I have truly forgiven? Well, I think one thing is in relation to the restoration of relationships. You know, and I know that um, in any group of people where there's been years of relationships and where there's been the need of forgiveness, what I marvel at and what I enjoy seeing and meditating on is where there has been forgiveness. There has been a restoration of relationships. And there's a friendship and a loyalty again that maybe at one time was broken, but you know, it's been healed. It's really in the past. It's 99% even forgotten maybe most days. And there it is. Isn't that beautiful? So how do I know when I'm truly forgiven? Is there a restoration of relationships? Are we friends? And the other question I think we need to answer is, you know, if something happens, how quickly does all that come rolling back on us? I'm not saying memories are forever gone. I'm not saying that. But do those same feelings, terrible feelings toward another person, do those same feelings come rushing back in the same way? While the memories maybe are there, but what I'm talking about is not necessarily the memories. I'm talking about that rising up inside, you know, that anger, that wish for revenge or whatever it is, any kind of retaliation, or just holding anything against that person. Do those things come back in that way? It's a question I think that we need to think about in relation to forgiveness. And, and as, as we extend and know that we have extended that forgiveness. Now, a few thoughts yet. What, what, what will forgiveness do for us? I started off with the question of living in the freedom and the joy of, of life and enjoying relationships with others and, you know, just having that freedom that forgiveness brings to us. Well, certainly it affects our relationship with God. I mean, that's basic. We talked about this, that how we extend forgiveness, how we live in the spirit of forgiveness in our lives will definitely affect our relationship with God. And anytime we have this thing where this, you know, person that offends us or irritates us and frustrates us, you know how that can be when there's unforgiveness and that that person almost goes with us in our thoughts all the time and, you know, we can't hardly get on top of it. But, um, but it, it will affect our relationship with God. But when there's that freedom, then we know that we have that openness and that relationship with our Heavenly Father. It sets us free from the bondage of revenge or retaliation. And in that sense, you know, there's that freedom. We don't have to hold people so tight you know, for their actions and what they do or don't do in relation to us or to other people. You know, we can, there's a freedom to let people 
And many times you can say, be who they are without trying to put them in a little box, you know, and the way they should act and the way they should respond and the way they don't do what they, what they should be doing. But to have that spirit of forgiveness, you know, sets us free in those relationships and that God can bless us. I think that the more a forgiving heart, the more that we have a forgiving heart, and the spirit of forgiveness towards towards others, you know, around us, of course, will be related to our peace, our freedom in life. We were talking about that in the Sunday School lesson in relation to liberty. Forgiveness brings freedom. Forgiveness brings liberty. And I just want to say this morning, you think about our need of forgiveness, whether it's in as our homes, if you're here as a young person, and whatever you're struggling with, whether it's in a marriage relationship and the need for forgiveness there will always be a part of that and having that freedom in a marriage relationship. It's also going to be in church life, in brotherhood. We're going to need forgiveness with each other. When we let each other down, we, we um, at times... You know, say things or do things that may be a struggle for someone. But again, it's all part of that forgiveness in brotherhood that will set us free in our relationships and then also in our interactions with the community and society around us. You know, and I, I know in the workplace and there's just a lot of places where as brothers and sisters, you know, in our community, we need to show the forgiveness of Christ. Things happen, people cut us off, people on the road, people do this, do, do that. Where is that spirit of forgiveness? How does it come out of us in relation to those situations? May God help us as we continue to, as Jesus said, when we pray. We stand to pray. Forgive. 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 Keep forgiving. Keep that spirit of forgiveness that our Father in Heaven be able to forgive us our trespasses. Let's kneel to pray. Father, this morning we thank you for the greatness of your forgiveness. Father, we're honest with ourselves we look at ourselves we know that you have forgiven us an awful lot and Father we really have no grounds to stand on to hold out on our forgiveness towards others Father we know there are situations that happen we can offend someone else we can say something unkind. Or someone can do it to us. And there's going to be the need for forgiveness. We also know, Father, that things happen in life that we do not expect and that they can be negative and we can look at them in a negative way and have an unforgiving attitude toward life itself. We feel that we've been shortchanged in some way or another. Father, 
We just pray you would help us to understand our own hearts, to understand our own tendencies to be retaliatory and vengeful. And maybe not openly, but even find that little bit of satisfaction in someone stumbling a little or having some difficulty in their life. And somehow have that resistant attitude, vengeful attitude. Father, we just pray, continue to help us to know our own hearts. And may none of us this morning in any way jeopardize your forgiveness to us by being unforgiving toward others. We pray this morning for those who are not here, those who are sick and suffering, those where death has come to their families. We just pray you would comfort and bless and strengthen them. May you continue to work out your will in the world today, though we know that from a human perspective it looks very chaotic. But to you, Father, you understand it all. It's under your control. It's under your direction. You are allowing and disallowing whatever you choose in your sovereignty. And we thank you that you're the sovereign God over all things. And may you continue to show yourself strong on the behalf of your people and uh, those who serve you. But also, may there be a strong witness go out in these last days that men would, would um, cry out to you for salvation and find, um, find, their, uh, find your forgiveness to them as the trials and the tribulations of the last days continue to unfold before us. We just ask your blessing upon us. Now, in the name of Christ we pray. Amen.